Welcome to this episode of the Luminosity Podcast, hosted by Maria Conde. This podcast is an ongoing conversation to provide busy entrepreneurs practical tools and inspiring stories to live a healthy and abundant life with grace and ease. Welcome to the show. Here's your host, Maria Conde. Hello and welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Luminosity Podcast. Today I am talking about my top 10 favorite ways to simplify your life. And these are not just one-time things that you do. These are regular things that I do to keep myself out of the overwhelm. So with that, when you think about overwhelm, um, these are this is what's going to zap your energy. I've interviewed quite a few different women, and you know, while a lot of these people actually have a decent night's sleep, they're still feeling exhausted, and I can feel that way too. So, because what happens is when you get all this stuff around you, um, life gets a little bit heavy, and then you start feeling exhausted, overwhelmed, all that goes with it. And I'm, of course, all about living with purpose, intention, and joy. So let's dive into this. This is my top 10 for simplifying your life. The first one is spending less time on social media. And coming from somebody who actually does this all the time, this is my whole business is on the internet, it makes it really, really hard to step away it's not something that comes easy to me, but I have to, I set limits for myself and you know, there's two, two sides to this. It's about social media. It's also a little bit about TV too, because we are, there's a lot of advertising out there and we are exposed to about 5,000 ads per day, they say. And in the seventies, this used to be about 500. So we're like 10 times the ads in our face now. So when you see all these ads, I mean, your brain's processing it all the time. It's a complete time and energy suck. And often we, you know, we, every time we sit in the, that's why they are doing what they're doing. It's, it's mind psychology. It's advertising. They're trying to get your attention and they do. And often we get sidetracked and derailed and we lose a whole bunch of time because we clicked on that ad and now we're into never, never land in the social media. So um, limit the amount of time. And there's also some things you can do. I'll have to do a, a little bit of investigation on this. But on social media, I know there are things that you can do that limit the ads that you actually see. And so that helps a little bit too. When you're on TV, you know, I watch Netflix ad-free. It helps, you know, reduce that amount of uh, overload that you get. My my TV consumption is very, very targeted and specific you know, I'm a lover of This Is Us. I love Outlander. And that, and I watch a cooking show if I'm not feeling well and I'm on the sofa and I just, you know, the brain doesn't do, it's not doing anything else. So those are the things that I kind of gravitate, but I'm not a big TV watcher. I love reading and I, I obviously practice a fair bit of self-care. So I have some downtime and I also work a lot. Um, I'm a very driven person by nature. So it's not just, it's not in my nature to just lie around and do nothing. But having said that, we're talking about spending time on social media and trying to reduce that. It's good for you to have personal connections with people is another reason that I really like to cut back on social media. Think about picking up the phone instead of texting and doing things like that. So 
I challenge you to cut back on your social media time, set a timer if you have to, and reap the rewards of that. See how your brain feels when you step out of that realm for a little while. I know lots of people that actually put themselves on like a social media diet every once in a while. You have friends that'll say, you know what, I'm just, and I actually have one. It's a man and he just says, you know, I can only cope with so much Facebook and he just removes himself completely from all of it and kudos to him and goes to his country home and lives, you know, a real simple, easy, beautiful existence. That was spending less time on social media. The number two one that I like to do, and this one takes a little bit of effort on a regular basis, but it's worth it long run is to keep your email inbox up to date. This is responding to things right away, either deleting it or doing a response right away. If you can get to the majority of those emails and nail them up, get rid of them right away. Because every time you open your mailbox, you are going to be, you know, your brain is scanning down the list every time you open it and it gets into overwhelm. So if it only has a couple there that it knows it needs to deal with, it's much easier for it than it is to, you know, every time you open it, to have to deal with the list. And, you know, that's, again, the, the, you're in that overwhelm mode and energy zapping mode every time you look at that. And there's people I know that have, you know, at, at times I can have a thousand emails in my inbox and your brain is constantly trying to process those. I love when I can get down to... You know, in the in a corporate world, my goal would always be to get down to about maybe a hundred emails, and that seemed to be functionable. But often would live at a thousand. At home, you know, I can still, you know, if I let it get carried away, I can be up around 150. But I like to get it down to 10 or 15 that are current things that I need to deal with that are, you know, maybe I don't have the information to respond right away, or I'm saving it for another purpose that's short term. But, you know, keep some archives and file things away properly and just get your brain out of the overwhelm. So that's number two. Keep your email inbox up to date. Number three. Now, this one is sort of a little bit of a contentious issue to me because as an online person, I try and get people to subscribe to my newsletter and the information that I like to put out to my clients. So, you know, this one is unsubscribing to all the things that do not support you. So I would like to think that the things that I do support you. <laughs> and, but you know what? If they don't, you need to unsubscribe from people. And I do that on occasion. And it's kind of hard, especially if you know somebody, right? What I find is, you know, I may unsubscribe. And a good one, a good example, for instance, is Amy Porterfield. Love Amy Porterfield's work. She's somebody I follow. I enjoy all her programs. I've learned a lot from her, but I don't need her email all the time. But when I'm going into that mode where I actually need to learn the information that she has to offer, I'll sign back up again. If she's got a new freebie, I'll go check it out. And I, you know, I'll get her emails for a while. When it's no longer serving me, I'll stop. And then maybe you know, in six months, I need that information. I'll go back in again. Um, and I try not to have too much guilt with this. And I, I think my guilt comes from the place of, you know, I'm in an online marketing world too, where, you know, that is one of the, the ways of communicating with our uh, audience. So it, it does make it a little bit challenging, but there's, there's a lot of things that you subscribe to that don't even 
that you, it doesn't even happen. Like, you know, if you look at something on Amazon, for instance, all of a sudden you got things coming to you automatically, or you've ordered something and your name's instantly in their database. And you're, you know, I think it was Wayfair, it was that, you know, as soon as I, you know, clicked on their website, you need to give your information to get into their website. And, and or as soon as you order something, your name's with them and you're on a list, which, you know, I, I appreciate from a marketing perspective, but, you know, I unsubscribe from those ones. I don't want to be bombarded with a whole bunch of advertising in my inbox. If I'm subscribing to somebody to get some information, that's okay. I've, I've made that conscious choice. But it's being aware of these and limiting them and just hit the uh, unsubscribe button if it's not serving you anymore. Because again, that's part of that email overload that you're going to have. So that's a real simple one. But those, these are things that you have to keep up on a regular basis. These are not just one-time things you do once and you never you know, have to look at it again. These are regular things. It's regular routine maintenance. And if you keep them up, it, it's a lot easier. And every once in a while, you might have to do a little bit of catch-up. I do that myself too and go through and go, okay, this is getting crazy again and, and go through and start deleting things and feel so much better when I do. So that's unsubscribing to all things that do not support you. So that's number three. The fourth one that I wanted to talk about was to pay off debt to simplify your life. So think about that. If you pay, if you don't have debt, you're not going to have that credit card bill. You're not going to be making payments. You're not going to have to juggle money. You're not going to have to be recording all the money. You're not going to have to be recording all the things on that credit card. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a credit card. Uh, many people carry many credit cards have one good solid credit card that's working for you. I'm a big uh, fan of American Express myself. I don't have a, I actually do have um, American Express. I have both a credit card and a charge card. And I put almost 99% of my purchases through the charge card. And it's something that has to be paid in full every month. It's not a credit card. They haven't given me credit. Um, and for me, you know, I've had it for about 10 years now. And way back at the beginning, it was a means for me to help manage my money. Because I had to pay it in full every month. So I had to have that money there. And it taught me how to, you know, live within my means. It was very, very useful, useful tool to me. So, and, you know, I've automated that process, which we're going to get into um, later, I think. I do have that in here. I think I do. Yeah, the next one. We can talk about that right now then. The next one, number five, is to actually automate your payments. So setting up all your payments with your bank, if you can, to just happen automatically. So you don't even have to think about it. I'm a, you know, I teach money often in my courses. I teach it online. It's, you know, it's all my training. Everything is about that. And automating as much as possible and you can, that you can in your life simplifies your life. Some things can also cause a little bit of havoc, but for the most part, automating your financial payments. And I also do this when it comes to my savings too. I teach people to, you know, if you want to save $50 a month or $50 a week, whatever your deal is for yourself, maybe you're fortunate, you can save a few thousand dollars, whatever your deal is with yourself, have that money automatically come out of your bank account on a regular basis. So you don't even see it and have it go to an investment account or a, and a savings account at a different institution so it's not easily accessible to help, you know, out of sight, out of mind sort of belief. And that's um, something I try and get all my clients to do too when they're learning to manage their money. So that was number four and five together. So number six 
is all about simplifying your wardrobe. And, you know, I know a lot of my audience is from Winnipeg. And we had this fabulous home ec teacher. Her name was Mrs. Harder. I adored this woman. And I was a sewer at way back when. That was one of the things that kept me out of trouble in high school. So, you know, she would open the lunchroom or her room at lunchtime and it was a place for us to go. It was just, it was awesome. Anyways, she taught us some really basic uh, skills when it came, comes to your wardrobe. She was very into making sure everything's are very classic colors, classic lines, so that you're, you know, you, when you're building things, you're building it long term. You're not doing a whole bunch of fad things that are out of style within a few months. And so I learned a lot of things like that. And I still practice that today. You know, if you open my closet doors, you know, I don't have a lot of things that just sort of pop out. I don't have bright yellow shirts and things like that. A lot of my clothes all go together. And, you know, you, if you ever look at, um, oh, I can't think of who it is right now. I think it's Bill Gates does it and some high power businessmen out there. And I'm sure business women do it too, where they have very simple wardrobes. They have 15 blue shirts or white shirts, whatever color shirts you're, they're into. And their suits are all the same color. Like they just, everything is the same. So they don't, when they get up in the morning, they don't think about, oh my God, what am I going to wear today? And that sweater's not working with this. And which I just did the other day. I did, had three black sweaters out on my bed. And uh, one of them actually shrunk and it was actually too small on me. So I had to find something else. And that's what propelled the whole thing. But um, typically that wouldn't be what I would do. I just, I have a lot of just go-to standard things in my closet. And it just, it, it really does simplify my life. Everything goes together. I don't have to think about things. I look at the weather. I'm here in Vancouver. So, you know, I have to look and see if it's sunny, rain or snow here because we get all of it and sometimes all of them on every, any given day. So <laughs> I have to look, that's my only thing I have to kind of look at in the morning. You know, am I wearing pants or a dress or but everything works works together. So simplifying your wardrobe and I I carefully extend this to your shoes. And my little notes to myself here says, Do you really need 40 pairs of shoes? And before the show, I was like, Yeah, I don't know if I want to say that because yeah, I could see using 40 pairs of shoes. <laughs> but the theory here is that you don't have 40 pairs of shoes. And I prefer, and when I even look at my own wardrobe of shoes. I have probably three or four pairs of shoes, very classic colors, classic styles, and I wear them all the time. And I wear them out till they're expired and get my full money potential out of them. They go with everything in my closet and it's keeping things really simple. But do I love a whole bunch of shoes and beautiful colors? Yes, I do. I get it. So the other thing I have in my notes on this one is about only buying good ones. And you want to buy something that's going to last you a long time. I believe in, I, I believe in investing in good shoes. They're going to be comfortable. They're going to last you a long time. They're going to wear well. It's all good. Do you need 50 pairs of really good expensive shoes? No. <laughs> um, with that, we will move on from shoes. And I'll let you choose whatever path you want on your shoes. If you need 40, I get it. Okay but we're trying to aim down to maybe five. Okay. <laughs> so next we're going to talk about sitting in stillness and peace. And this is to help your body reset each day. We live in such a fight or flight world 
we're in that mode almost all the time. And it's not healthy for us. When we live in that, in that space all the time, it's hard on our body. It causes stress. Our, but when our body is stressed, those, that's when disease starts kicking in. So we need to have some time each day to reset. I've done, I'm trying to think if I've done a podcast recently on that. I'm a big morning rituals person. I've written a book on it. Uh, I have a, a journal called uh, Morning Magic. And I, you know, I love that book. And yes, I'm probably a little bit biased because it's mine. But it's every morning I go to my, uh, I don't have a yoga mat, but I have this big meditation cushion. And I sit on that. I have my journal. I do my journaling. It's all gratitude journaling. I set my intentions for the day. I set my, I look at my successes from the previous day. And I take a moment to maybe do some cards and maybe I do some meditation, whatever I'm feeling at that moment. But I allow my body and my mind to just sit in stillness for a bit. It's great if you can do that at the end of the day before you go to sleep. So you can actually transition your brain out of all the things that it's been working on all day, especially if you happen to be an entrepreneur and happen to be working into your evening time or for some that are trying to, you know, that maybe that is the time that you can work. If you've got young children at home um, and you have your own business, working in the evening is often when you can actually get things done. So give yourself a little bit of time to um, transition before you head to bed so you get a little bit sound, a little bit more sound of a sleep. So that was number seven. Number eight is do what brings you joy. So figuring out the path and take the leap, do whatever it is that you need to do um, that will bring you joy and you're serving the world. That's that's why we're here. We're here to serve and we're also here to live in joy. The more joy we have and the more joy that we can show other people, um, the happier this world is going to be, plain and simple. Keep it simple, that one. Number nine is physical decluttering of your home. And this I speak about in, I've spoken about it quite a bit because of course at the beginning of this year we had we spoke about Marie Kondo's show on Netflix, her book. As a couple of years ago, I spoke about her book because I've done a lot of her work. Totally believe in it. It's how I live my life. I keep my life as simple as possible. My life as doing all that is still quite complicated. I'm a single parent. I run a business. I run two businesses, actually. And as of the recording of this podcast, I actually still work as a um, CPA. So I have numerous things in my world. And, you know, physically decluttering my home is a way I, I naturally just live all the time because it helps me be highly functional. You know, people ask me all the time, how do you do it? And this is one of the ways that I do it. I can focus very concentrated effort on things. So it's, um, it's one of my tools, my toolbox. And last but not least, number 10 on ways to simplify your life is to meal plan. And this is sort of dual purpose. It's also, it's meant to simplify your life, but it's also for you to eat healthier, save money and save time. And I will tell you as a single parent that does all that I do, if I don't do my meal plan at the Sunday night, we end up eating cereal for dinner. Okay. I'm a nutritionist, a health coach. I know all these things. But reality, when you've put in a really long day and you've got kids' activities and life is crazy, you need to be organized. 
and meal planning helps you get there. I've built a meal planner kind of scheduler thing that I use, and I will put that up as a freebie for you. You can grab that if you like. I'll put that in the show notes. And it's in the show notes are always at mariacondi.com under the podcast, and you will see it for this one. I believe this is number 14, this podcast will be. And so the meal planning is so critical. For me, I see it for other people that I know that live super busy lives. They utilize the schedule that I have. And there's lots of different schedules out there, but you don't even need to have a fancy schedule if you don't want to. It does help. So it's a little bit more organized. I like things all nice and neat and put in their place. Doing the meal plan, if you want to do it once a month, once a week, I typically do mine once a week. I do a lot of food meal planning for the whole month and cooking ahead of time. And But for my weekly stuff, I kind of work it around what events we have that week. If I know I'm going to be out one evening, I got to have food for a babysitter and my daughter. So I make sure that you know that style of meal is appropriate for that time. And it, you know all that goes smooth. Otherwise, like I said, we're either eating cereal, a bowl of cereal, with you know maybe a slice of cheese or some cold carrots, you know, <laughs> very non well put together meal, or we're eating something like nachos, you know. So yeah, I try and do my very best to avoid those days. I won't lie; they do happen once in a blue moon, and if they do happen, it's usually because I haven't had the meal plan put in place for that week. You know, I've had times where I've traveled and I haven't got home to really late Sunday night and which happened to us recently. We were away and got our flight got home and we had a snowstorm here. We got home to our house at like 11 o'clock at night and I had to be up at 4.30 in the morning for work. So, you know, those are the days that that meal plan doesn't get done. And that whole week, you know, it take, it's just, just not the same. So with that, those are the 10 things that I recommend for simplifying your life. So I'll recap them really quickly here. Number one is spend less time on social media. Number two is keep your email inbox up to date. Number three was to unsubscribe from all things that do not support you. Number four and five are together sort of thing. They're paying off your debt to simplify your life and also automating your banking. Number six was to simplify your wardrobe. And like I said, I'll leave you to the shoe piece on that one. And number seven is to sit in stillness and peace at least for 10 minutes a day if you can. Number eight is to do what brings you joy. Number nine is to uh, the physical decluttering of your home. And number 10 is meal planning. And that's also for eating healthy or saving money and saving time. And I'm about all of that. So... If uh, you want to catch the free meal planner, it's in the show notes, like I said, at mariacondi.com. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks. Thank you for listening today. Show notes are available at www.mariacondi.com.